and welcome to the Book Table Podcast, uh, your audio book club with me, Sophie, and I'm joined by Fee. Hello. And Annie. Hi. So this is our February uh, book club episode and um, going with the, well, with the month being February and all that, we picked a romance book and our book of the month was Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Hall. Just before we jump into the episode, um, we just wanted to give you a little warning that the, in the, this book contains um, a scene of non-graphic sexual assault, and that is something that we will be discussing, not in, in, a, in an also non-graphic way in the podcast, but it is a topic that will surface later on in the episode, and we'll give a lot of warning when it comes but just so that you're aware if that's a topic if that's a topic that is triggering you or you're just not you just don't want to deal with that today um that's like, fine we'll we'll talk yeah. to you again another time yeah. and it's just, okay to skip yeah. this episode yeah yeah just say, just, circle just skip back on by something you feel more comfortable with yeah. you know okay, after uh, yourself yeah. Um, so with that also another warning this was a very chaotic episode um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, you know Grab, grab a coffee, maybe go for a walk, and um, buckle in. Are you telling us that you're not going to use your magical editing powers to suddenly make it non-chaotic? Yeah. I'm, I'm only human, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and with that, let's start the episode. <laughs> so, I thought we'd just start off with a quick summary of the book for anybody that hasn't read it. So, Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake is about Rosalind Palmer, uh, a single woman in her early 20s who has a um, eight-year-old kid. What? I think she's late 20s. I think she's 27. Is she late 20s? Mid, mid to late 20s. What is time anymore? Like, when do you cross <laughs> yeah. the late? Tw- like, where is the line? 27. 27 yeah, is 27. the point at which... No, no, she's not 27. 27 oh. is the line between mid-20s and late-20s. Oh, okay. So she's in her late-20s. Uh, I stand Probably. correct. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. She's she? 27, yeah. Yeah, she must be, because Lauren is eight, and she had Lauren when she was 19. Yeah. Oh. So Matt's... You can tell which one of us is the scientist. Like, <laughs> like, yes, this makes complete sense. She's 27. And me and Annie are like, wait a second, how do numbers work? Two plus two is numbers. <laughs> I was like, let me just add one so I get to 20. Oh, I have seven left. Yes. Anyway, I've got all we've the math. Figured out basic arithmetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Uh, she's a single yeah. mother, an eight year old daughter working in a stationary shop. And she decides that she's going to change her life and give her life give her daughter even the life that she deserves by going on bake expectations which is essentially eh, the great british bake-off yeah i think we can all agree infringing reality tv show on the bbc so yeah that's that's basically she decided to change her life by going on the great it's like Uh, it's like uh, when they label like weetabix wheat biscuits but you know it's a weetabix (laughs) Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's that let's potato yeah. chips kind yeah. of thing yeah let's not get into yeah. <laughs> yes it's essentially the great british bake-off <laughs> um and uh it's the story of you know taking part in a reality tv show 
competition and the people that you meet along the way and and who it makes you by the end and yes (laughs) i was trying to elevate this story into a journey of self-discovery and growth whilst p is out here like no it's about the sex it's about the people she does along the way (laughs) that is life look i'm i don't want to beat around the bush so let's just let's just talk about it <laughs> okay wait wait before we talk about annie annie's okay, so having I was gonna a say one thing. annie are you all right i was gonna say one thing but actually two things firstly annie are you still alive just oh i'm sorry i i'm too catholic <laughs> for this conversation i mean i'm asexual what excuse do you is that really an excuse <laughs> no <laughs> okay 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 no now the- everyone take a deep breath because now we need to do okay. the serious bit yeah i was gonna say before we talk about the doing of it we should first talk about the doer aka rosalind farmer <laughs> and i might have just killed annie again i think you killed all of us sorry that. you guys can't see this but she's screwing up her face like i will not laugh i will remain calm and composed sorry <laughs> Get okay on board. now that now that I have, you know, shuffled the order of everything in my mind. Okay, let's talk about the doer. Rosalind. <laughs> yes. So, throw it over to you guys. What did you think of Rosalind as a main character? You go, Annie. I can see your thoughts. Yeah, the cogs in my head are turning. Um, There was a lot to like about her. I thought, as an narrator i enjoyed her voice definitely um was that her voice think you get the... huh was that her voice i thought it was third person might have been third person but it was very close over the shoulder third person yeah. you know yeah. you were getting yeah, her yeah, perspective yeah. all the time oh yeah yeah um and i think i enjoyed that i enjoyed it. she was a nice place to view the novel from you know do you know who she reminded me of um and yeah. even her situation uh, uh, she reminded me of Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah, I... <laughs> sorry, that was a really long pause when Annie just like you could see how much long pause of that. And for me, that says Annie disagrees. <laughs> yeah, I'm now super aware of my pauses. Um, I can see the comparison. Yeah, but. Uh, I think there was definitely structurally I can see the comparison I'm not sure personality wise she was very Laura like Gilmore I think with her quick remarks her sense of humor it felt like very very Gilmore girls like this suck like when Rosalind first meets Alan you know like this new contestant guy at this train station they just kept Mm. talking in hypotheticals so like you know yeah and and do you, do you know what I mean? I can't I, I can't think of an example, which is not good for all the people listening because they're I mean, like, what the, the heck show. is B talking about? So like you're on your own with this, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's almost just like it's just being like, oh, I got that. I just we're gonna have to, you know, take a hot air balloon then. Oh, I've just <laughs> left mine at home. You should have told me earlier, or like something like that. You know, that sort of. Banter. I mean, 
I'm going to be honest. I just, she didn't remind me of Laura like Gilmore, but I can see where you're coming from, definitely. Well, she did for me. Um, but also, I think having Amelie, who's her daughter, having this smart mm. eight year old kid, like, do you know what? It almost felt like this is, this could be what like Lorelai and Rory were like when Rory was eight years old, almost. And like, it's not the Lorelai we meet at, at, in Gilmore Girls, but it reminds me so much of her that it could be back when she was younger, if that made sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I, my brain fires in a weird direction whenever Gilmore Girls is referenced. I'm not. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't mind her. I don't know. I didn't particularly like love her. No. Um. I don't know what it was. I think. I think sometimes the way she processed other people's reactions, I I was almost a bit like that's too. It felt very impulsive, the way she would judge someone. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Um. So when she was meeting new contestants, it had like, she was very like quick reaction. This is my judgment of them. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, the thing that really annoyed me was that she kept on forgiving um, Alan for being a total dick, but then she wouldn't forgive the same thing in Harry. Yeah. Like I found her quite, she kind of dances on that line of, you know, you have those protagonists who are like, they're judgmental of people, but they're like self-aware of their judgmentalness. Mm. Like, there's a there's a mm. way in which that can work, but sometimes it just comes off as like, I don't know. I guess there wasn't much like, it didn't feel like there was like tons of growth from that. Like, it it, it dances on the line of kind of being like, yeah, it feels like maybe you're just pointing out her self-awareness to try and make it seem not shitty, but the fact that you're self-aware of being shitty doesn't mean that you're not shitty. You need to stop being shitty. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from, yeah. Yeah, I well, I sort of thought that the, the plot was very... Um, the story was woman meets man A. Man A is not right for her man b is right there she cannot see that man a is worse than man b something happens and she ends up with man b and man a is a villain you know and it felt like the plot was scaffolded Mm. or like the characters were scaffolded around that very clear plot you know which i think made it a bit frustrating for you as the reader because she had to get into a situation where she was with Alan and not like, so when she misjudged Harry, was his name Harry? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Normally I read the book like seconds before we start recording, but I got my dates (laughs) wrong and finished it last weekend. And so honestly it's, it's gone from my mind. Um, Hmm. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Harry. Harry. The way she sort of instantly judged Harry and where she would forgive Alan for being, you know, uh, she would forgive Alan for saying sort of, you know, judgmental things, but then she wouldn't forgive Harry 
for the same mistakes or maybe she would forgive him but she would point them yeah. out in him and she wouldn't point them out in alan or some i don't know she would yeah no she would instantly say oh i don't like this i don't like you calling me mate and he's like well i can't call you love because you've already told me you don't like that and mates all like she didn't i think she almost made excuses around alan's behavior but couldn't empathize with other people's behavior and like the hardship of them being able to change her their behavior to suit her well i think it it kind of if that makes sense and it also kind of ties into the underlying thing of like a large part of the point was that you know her her parents and alan were very classist and she's kind of it's very much in her too and she kind of like I guess yeah. it's, I think it's supposed to be there as part of her growth, but it's kind of yeah. I, like I assume it, that that's kind of where some of these issues come from. But like yeah. I don't know if it's just because she only changes because she kind of fancies the guy, and that's a bit kind of like undermining as far as like being judgmental for class reasons go. I think it's more it. I think it's the problem is not just that she changes because she fancies him the problem is she doesn't change because she realizes she doesn't realize her old assumptions were classist yeah i think it's that yeah yeah Yeah. you feel like you feel like she changes her opinion of him rather than understanding the problem with her opinions yeah yeah having said that i will say i think like the author did try to sort of you know the, the author was aware that Rosalind was having classist opinions in the beginning and made you aware, like, it just, she didn't quite manage to close the loop of making it explicit that Rosalind, like, it, I think it would have been hard. I think Alexis Hall wanted you to understand Rosalind as someone who, you know, discovered classism was bad and got better. She just didn't quite square that circle. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think you're right. I think she didn't she didn't resolve her classism by the end of the book. I think mm. she just was aware that actually she was almost brought up with that viewpoint and that I guess that her judgment was um like spilling out when her when she was interacting with Harry in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't I felt like this book was really aware do you know even if the characters weren't aware the the narrator the third person narrator was aware or it was done in a way that made you know these characters were aware of their flaws or that there were flaw these things that the characters said are flawed yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I think that's good in a sense because it because people are flawed like we're all problematic because we're all people at the end of the day and I think you're not gonna have a perfect I think it was nice to not have a perfect main character or any perfect characters although I will argue that in my eyes Harry is perfect (laughs) um but we'll get on to that later (laughs) um but yeah 
that's that's the end of my sentence. I would like to imagine if there's low energy in the room now, I feel like we rode a high and now we're in a little bit of an energy dip. We have all just been working today and I think our brains are a little fried, but we're going to power through. Um, so do we want to move on to <laughs> other characters? I, we, I mean, we've already spoken a bit about, should we just move on to Alan and Harry? Because I feel like, and should I drop in? Okay, so there there is a content warning in the intro, but I'm going to just drop it in yeah. again here. There's a, what should I say? There's a non-graphic scene of sexual assault. And so I think we kind of wanted to discuss how Alan pre that moment and then post kind of because like, it's very tied up into how sort of his character works mm. in the stories, mm. but just like, yeah, I'm just going to flag that again, that that is a part of the book. Mm. Um, so, first impressions of Alan. Dick. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like him from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. no, that's not true. That's not true. I didn't, I can't say that I didn't like him from the beginning because I did like his first interaction. But when he said Rosalind um Palmer, like for the fifth time, <laughs> I was done. I was done with this guy. Because Every time he'd bring up Rosalind um, Palmer, I was like, can you not think of a better nickname for her? Could you just like not just call her Rosalind? It felt like, you know, in um, The Fault in Our Stars, mm -hmm. where he's like, um, oh, what was her name? I forgot. Hazel. Hazel Grace. Hazel Grace. And he would call her. That was sweet. I didn't mind that. But Rosalind um, Palmer is almost like, Oh, you, you, you paused, you stalled when you tried to say your name. So now I'm going to like bring it up every single time, but as a pet name, but it's not cute. It's not cute for you to tell me that I hesitated. Also, Augustus Waters is 16. He's in his thirties or late twenties yeah. or whatever. True. Yeah. Like, like you can get away with dumb stuff when you're 16 that you can't when you're 30. Uh he was on um, honestly every time I, I read those words <laughs> and I saw the um I honestly was gonna throw the book at the wall yeah it was that he kept on making jokes at the expense of other people in a kind of nasty way like mm. I think one of the interesting things about him as a character wasn't just that he was a dick but he bought out the worst in Rosalind definitely yeah you yeah, know he did yeah that's true he bought out the most sort of like I don't know, sanctimonious, like, uh, classist, um, uppity, like, I think there was this, ten part of the tension in the book comes from the fact that sort of being with him drags Rosalind back to who her parents wanted her to be, which is not necessarily who she wanted to be. Yeah, and he was always like, oh, why don't you go back into medicine? Why don't you, like, do this? Why don't, why don't you just, like, butt out of my life? Like... <laughs> Why don't you just take a chill pill and like just leave me alone? Also, I'm <laughs> getting a little. He didn't there. seem to understand that he was a parent. Like, he kept on being like, "Oh, you, you know, there's a power cut. You can come round, but your child can't." <laughs> what? What? Do you know? Do you know what it? The red flag was like when um what was that when he was he found out that she had a child 
and he kept bringing up about Malawi and it's like how old are we here because honestly how can you not get over that she told a, a lie like it's not even that big of a lie okay oh well actually I mean oh she didn't lie she didn't have a child she just she never said she didn't have a child she just didn't tell him she had a child she did lie about Malawi being going to Malawi even so like she explained herself and she would p- apologize like she really did apologize and he just kept bringing it up and it's like the thing that irritated me about the Malawi lie is that I kept on being like, oh, come on, Rosalind. He's, like, like I think, obviously she shouldn't have lied. That was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a bad thing. But I think it was caused by the knowledge that he would, like, yeah. she knew instinctively and straight away mm-hmm. that he would judge her yeah. for being a single mother mm-hmm. who had to have a job. Do you know how sometimes you just meet someone and you get a vibe that when if you tell them something about yourself like a certain thing yeah. about yourself that they won't you know they're going to reject it <gasps> annie mm. wake up <laughs> listen i'm awake i'm awake i yawned oh, my boring you <laughs> no you're not I, she's right sometimes you meet someone and you just get a vibe you get a vibe that like they're not going to like something about you 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 almost mm like subconsciously know to hold back information from us from somebody because you know they're not going to accept it or they're gonna it's gonna put you in some sort of environment that that isn't safe if you tell them and I think that's what happened with Rosalind like she was like I don't like feel I could tell this guy that I have a child because she felt she could tell other people Although she did realize, oh, why did I lie? I shouldn't have lied. I need to tell people that I have a child. But I, still, yeah, yeah. Also, can I just say, this is probably not the thing that you're supposed to take away from that whole thing. You could tell she wasn't an experienced liar because she straight away told Alan that, you know, that she'd been to Malawi and she was now back studying medicine. Everyone else, all the people who would be also hanging around with <laughs> Alan, she was just like, yeah, no, child, I have a child. I work in a stationery shop. I have never been to Malawi. Like, that's not how you lie, people. Yeah. Got to be consistent. Yeah, you need to be consistent with yeah. that shit. Like, make, establish a cover story <laughs> and maintain it. You can't deceive anyone if you're going to give people different yeah. Also, you have to put the seeds of truth in your lie. Otherwise... Yes, also like, that. You can't just pull something randomly out of thin air. Like, oh, I'm a student. <laughs> I went to Malawi on a extended gap year. And now I'm like, no, no. Stick as close to the truth as possible when you lie. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Now that we've got our little lying <laughs> masterclass out of the way. Yeah. I feel like none of us particularly kind of like Alan. None of us. No, we all got the got bad, bad vibes, vibes about Alan. Bad vibes, definitely. But he also certainly got worse as the book went on. You know, I discovered yeah. something about myself. I, I don't know if I read more romance novels than the two of you, but I certainly, I read a lot of romance novels. I think you do. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and I get to genre that I know. I think with romance novels, there are a lot of tropes, some that you like, and, yeah. and it's a thing, you know, you'll like these tropes, you don't like these tropes. What I discovered about this myself is that I cannot stand someone who is very obviously supposed to be with one person being with another person it just makes my skin crawl yeah because you have to walk this really delicate tightrope of making the um heroine's choices obvious like understandable even and making it obvious that she should be with the other guy or i mean gender non-specific um and Oh, I just found it so frustrating. And especially with a book like this, where it sort of all builds to a really dramatic moment where suddenly she understands that she shouldn't be with him. Mm. It, it's just the kind of tension that makes my skin crawl. I just, I was sort of building up to it and building up to it. And the more it went on, the more I was just like, I am not, I, I disagree with your choices. The thing is, is that like, <laughs> there are like, I, I mean, I do like the kind of, <laughs> I can't lie. I do sometimes. I do like reading about one heroine, like two potential love interests. I don't know why. Let's not psychoanalyze myself on this. But anyway, <laughs> the thing is, is that for that trope, for me to enjoy that trope, it almost needs to be like, oh, like I, there is one. One is my favorite. One I would prefer for them to end up with that person, but it's not like the other person is bad like for things like the hunger games like you know peter was the obvious better choice but gail wasn't necessarily a bad choice do you know what i mean i only read the first book but like, any of them. Uh, yeah but of my knowledge of the two of them or like, like yeah, that checks um out. or like twilight i mean although twilight a little less though less so but but anyway you get my point but this one it was like well alan is bad so like let's move on and and so should i be with a gorgeous gorgeous hunk or an on fire trash can those are my choices harry trash can harry is our hunky himbo perfect in every way ma'am yeah he's our hunky himbo and um Mm -hmm. i love him I he just oh so cute. It was a sweetie pie. He was a sweetie I pie. Had a fun time with Harry just because like because he, his name was Harry and he was a Tottenham fan. I just kept imagining him as Harry Kane for the entire <laughs> book, which is just generally quite entertaining to me. Um, explain who Harry Kane is to our listeners <laughs> who may not know. Sorry, Harry, to Harry, our listeners Harry and me and, and Annie. <laughs> Wait, you don't know who Harry like, is? Very vaguely. Like, I, okay. I know him exclusively from, you know, Gareth Southgate's England team. Okay, well, that that's, that was the one I was expecting of you. Basically, he's an England football player who's, like, Tottenham's main man, superstar. Actually very talented. Huh. Uh, sorry, I feel the need to, to state that because I'm an Arsenal fan and I don't want there to be unconscious bias <laughs> in this conversation actually a really good player <laughs> but anyway i just had a great time imagining him as harry kane doing the baking show it was that just a really a great image, i was enjoying though. the book but it just added an extra level of enjoyment to me to just imagine, imagine it harry great. kane going on celebrity bake-off that would be great maybe maybe you will maybe you will um yeah 
we want to move I on think, to Harry? I think oh or well are we done with Alan? let's maybe talk about Harry and then we can talk about almost the downfall mm-hmm. of Alan and the and the the save saving of from Harry if that makes sense yeah yeah okay so like first impressions on Harry sweetheart him my himbo and um, <laughs> he is with the cups with the cups and his like tea and he was like and like, he was so anxious like that that was the thing like she could forgive alan everything but harry was just so anxious yeah. and she was so like sharp with him it was like he is a delicate gentle and also every time she called him out for something he was never mean about it he was never like he never put up his ego and like felt threatened or anything he was just like oh i'm sorry like i'll change it like he listened and he changed yeah. alan never changed anything no, alan told you what to do like what the fuck is wrong with that with you oh like, anyway yeah. it's not about alan it's not about icky alan it's about our our amazing harry uh oh so cute so cute um yeah i was so mad when he got kicked off the show harry harry yeah i, I was actually gonna bring this up like that was the one like my heart genuinely uh, I, I was like, like what the f- all <laughs> respect to Rosalind, but harry deserved to win more than she did he, he did he did i i think yeah. he did harry had been consistently good all the way through yeah i i will say like, though i will say i i think i spiritually yeah. align with nora like me and nora are the oh. same people <laughs> when she was talking about her oh, a legend nora is just like fabulous she's a fabulous woman i even put like oh, one, God, in, my yeah. book, in the book like, and when alan was like i prefer to read and nora's like well when you get to my age you can read what you want and you alan can fuck right off. i love how he brought up a book he brought up was it lincoln in the bottom yes and i was like oh, i love that book that's the book that i like that's really good and that was just the literary book and i was just like it just made me laugh i was so furious <laughs> i did love the moment of like it was infuriating of like him being like oh i've read this pretend this 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 literary book and then nora was like look but he hadn't read i know it, but, he, right? but he felt the need to pretend to have read this literary book and nora was like look i just want to read about spanish millionaires fucking women like that's just what that's just what i'm doing I'm just reading the smart. And it's like, yes, Nora, read the books you want, not the books that you feel pressured into reading by society. <sighs> Live your best Nora life. is the patron saint of all reading is good exactly. reading. Okay. Oh, she is. She is. No, she is the patron saint of that. She, mm-hmm. the fact that she was like, oh, I'm just going to make my husband, my husband has to deal with it and build me a library. <laughs> I was like, that, <laughs> that is my energy, Nora. I am on the same mission here. <laughs> yeah, actually, like, yeah. Yes, Nora. Yes, Nora. <laughs> and she and and any time Alan tried to downplay her books, she was like, "Fuck off," in the nicest way. She didn't. She never said "fuck off," but she was like, "Well, I read what I enjoy reading, and I read more for it." And then, did anyone notice that Alan, the book that Alan chose to like shove in her face was one of my favorite books. And I was like, you're not allowed to like my <laughs> favorite books, Alan. And then it turned out he hadn't read it. And I was like, yeah, screw you, Alan. Screw you, Alan. I bet if he read it, he wouldn't even like it. 
that's how yeah that, that's just how out of touch he is out of taste <laughs> and out of touch yeah. um, i'm pretty sure it won the pulitzer prize the year that novel was written i was like that's that's what she went for she went for something that won a big prize recently yeah, yeah. <laughs> that checks out. um <sighs> all right nora is my um my hero she's my baker of the of the century love nora so do we want to quickly discuss kind of i guess the incident the moment when the book kind of well when everything kind of starts to change yeah yeah so i um weirdly enough so i read this book by audiobook and i could tell that something was going to happen like you could just feel it building up to something really distressing happening you know um mm. and at that point i actually um switched to um i very quickly sort of bought a kindle copy um just because i felt like i needed the control of my own like page turning yeah yeah um, which i thought was fascinating because i like that was something i didn't know about myself i just i couldn't cope with it on audiobook i was like i need to be able to control the speed of it and the like experience of it myself um yeah it was a really it was a really distressing moment mm-hmm. just to read mm. yeah i was kind of like braced for it like because the book comes with a, a little yeah. kind of a little gentle warning of like by the way mm. there's going to be a non-graphic scene of sexual assault like please take care so I was kind of like waiting for it and you could really feel like it was building. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. And it was kind of, yeah. It, and I think it's, it's interesting that like, as a character, that like it needed that, like something of that extreme level to happen to Rosalind for her to like finally be like, wait, no, this guy is a of shit. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. kind of interesting. I How think, did you feel about it? I, I kind of saw it coming. And I think it's also yeah. just because it's so common for people, like for that to happen to a lot of bisexual people, mm-hmm. that people assume bisexual almost means like say yes to anybody. And that's yeah. not what it means. Um, and I think... I think also it highlights kind of almost the worst traits of like the men men in that situation women in that situation like we've got Alan who's almost forcing the scene to take place um Mm. and and you've got Liv who's not even sure she wants to do it and she's like but she feels like oh maybe I'm bi-curious because so many men tell me I should be um and it's like uh, it's like I don't know it it was just really upsetting to see that happen to I think I think to to Rosalind but also to live and I know like the way Rosalind kind of was like I'm not sympathizing with Liv at all and was quite harsh to her on the phone when Liv tried to apologize I I thought was like I I don't know I think there could have been more empathy with that because 
a lot of women are put into that kind of feeling of having to be almost more open than they want to be yeah I think and... it's quite I think it's kind of a hard moment because I understand why the author kind of came down with where he is because it's not if you think of you know Rosalind you know she's a survivor of abuse it's not her place to really like you know is it her place to she shouldn't feel guilt towards somebody that's perpetrating against that but at the same time this is what I thought was quite interesting about the way it was done I thought I assumed that Alan would be like the active sort of participant like the doer yeah. like yeah lines. it was interesting that he mm-hmm. kind of essentially what he did was he staged it he got live yeah he was basically the puppet too master. Drunk to consent and then kind yeah. of enforced it. it it was I thought it was kind of an an interesting a way of not seeing kind of abuse to be portrayed like he doesn't have to be the active perpetrator to be the abuser in this situation and the one committing the yeah. assault I thought mm-hmm. that was quite kind of interesting and again it just kind of ties into this sort of like hurling mm. tendencies and all of this like, I thought that was kind of like yeah a bit of a it's man- of it, it, it. it showed his manipulation mm-hmm. yeah mm. and like that he didn't actually need to be the person to cause any action to manipulate Rosalind or even well, just other people like it's not even just Rosalind that he manipulates it's other people it close was- to him really calculating as well there was sense there was a sense of like um plausible deniability about it you know what I mean he's Mm. sort of manufactured this thing where he could try and get these two women to do what he wanted and then claim no responsibility yeah yeah (laughs) and he didn't even when Rosalind which thank god she just called it out and said no that is assault yeah and even Liv didn't know what she was doing I guess was assault until kind of Rosalind was saying it um but Alan just kept making excuses because his definition of assault was well I didn't do anything so it's not assault yeah and that's not what the definition is yeah Uh, yeah it was One thing I will say, though, I think very recently some novels that I've read have started to have these kinds of uh, warnings in them more explicitly about like, oh, just to make you aware, this has a non-graphic attempted sexual assault in it. Mm. Do take care if if you find reading about that difficult. Um, I think that that is very, very slowly becoming a more common thing yeah yeah i think it should i don't know if you guys... i have also oh oh, oh no you go for it you know you go um, you go so i use an alternative to goodreads called storygraph um which is great for a lot of reasons not least of all because it's not owned by amazon um but one of the <laughs> things i really like about it is that it has a system of user submitted content warnings that's um, really good yeah, and I think, I do think in general, it, I think it's better when it comes as parceled in the book, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it reaches more readers like that. And also I think it's more like crowdsourced content warnings can often be a bit, um, I don't want to say overzealous. A subjective, I would yeah, say. Yeah, because like people will have different, 
perceptions of how extreme a situation is or their own definitions of like what is serious traffic kind of like like (laughs) i can see some people not really regarding like not having warnings for this book just because Mm. it's it 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 never went all the way yeah in the sense of what is what happened to rosalind it was i think it was only kissing Mm -hmm. yeah um but there were sexual intendencies there so but um i can see that not being on the radar but for some people that could be quite triggering um yeah also i think author provided or sort of publishing house provided content warnings are a really good way of sort of managing this kind of content and Mm. i think i don't know i just i really like it i would like to see it more widely adopted i agree i would even like to see i mean i don't know if this is going too far but um almost like a few pages before you enter the scene or even at the chapter it starts a little symbol at the corner of the page which just kind of lets you know something that could be triggering or explicit is happening like you would see on you know like a chemical bottle you know like it's toxic it may kill you or like it's corrosive it won't kill you but it will burn <laughs> you know that sort of thing but um i don't know if you guys have read earthling earthlings no by um Oh, I've forgotten her name. Uh, Say- Sayaka, um, Sayaka Murata. That's it. You'll, you'll, okay. You will have seen the covers, but in Earthlings, there is a very detailed um, view. And it's in a first person account of sexual assault mm-hmm. and of, okay. of a young person as well. Um, Mm. and I wasn't, I hadn't, I didn't know what I was going into when reading that book. And I was very shocked and worst of all, I was reading it on the tube. So I felt really uncomfortable and really like, like I felt very like ill almost by the thought of it. And yeah I couldn't I I really struggled reading the book it was I mean it was beautifully written but it it had Mm. real graphic scenes in it and um it's tough to read um so yeah I would have appreciated a warning with that Mm -hmm. I think going into it Mm -hmm. oh yeah Yeah. one thing I think um is interesting to me this I'm probably sort of straying off topic here um but I'm really interested in thinking about how digital media can like how this might be a place where digital media can help with this reading experience because I think like in a printed book there will always be a limit to what you can do and how you do it Um, like I think it would be very difficult Mm -hmm. to get some kind of adoption of like a symbol letting you know when it's happening uh, whereas with the digital media, it could be something that you could, you know, you could turn on warnings. You could specifically say, oh, let me know when this scene is happening kind of thing. You can you can get a more detailed level of warning. So yeah. it might be interesting to see sort of, uh, not exactly experimentation, but sort of to see authors trying to work out and publishers, I suppose, would be really sort of 
the capable people here, what you can do to make reading experiences when material is that difficult, sort of more um, transparent, you know? Or let let people have the mm. level of transparency that they want. Because mm-hmm. also, yeah. like, just talking about like digital media is like if you read something like a webtoon that will put a warning not on like the overall story i might but generally if it's a thing if there's an incident that happens in one specific chapter the warning will appear at the start of that chapter so you'll know it happens now so essentially you could either just scroll past or skip and then you can kind of keep going because of the way that it's published in a serial manner each thing Mm. is kind of separate and therefore you've got that capability to put warnings kind of in place as and when it happens so you don't need to kind of have it like at the start and it, again it's a flexibility of digital media where you know things are uploaded like this it's- that's what i really like mm. about webtoon i like i like i and there is that control i guess there because you're going chapter by chapter and it's it's on a weekly basis mm-hmm. so yeah. there's a lot of control per chapter and on on release and like you know you get a mm. comment section each chapter so you kind of get a community of of saying oh it's it's heading here or it's it, i i don't know that that almost communal warning system in a sense or support system even i would say mm-hmm. anyway I, th- I think should we go back to the book i feel like we wanted off topic <laughs> Yeah, well, I think the main thing we want to say there yeah. is that, like, thank you very much, Alexis Hall, for having yes. that kind of warning yeah. in place. Yeah, uh, I know TJ uh, Clune as really well does that. Um, I think it is becoming um, more yeah. of a thing. Do we want to talk ending? I mean, we kind of spoiled who won the competition, didn't we? We already discussed that. Oh, I was, oh yeah, can no, we talk that was about me, the contestants. Already. I think maybe like yeah, we sure, haven't sure. talked about yeah. um yeah. and Vita yeah oh yeah stunning woman oh, what a woman what a legend <laughs> loved she her literally walked loved in there her. and she, she can... said guys i don't know what's going on here but we need i need to know who's hot and who's not <laughs> like she just pulled rosalind she knew from the start that alan was a trash bag yeah. and uh Harry was just the she place to be for the gossip, and she was there to support Rosalind no matter her decision. But she was always there to support, yeah. like so, say, just to let you know, Harry has amazing looking arms, and he's a hunk. Just going to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I support your decision, but I also know what your decision yeah. and your decision be. is wrong. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Just to let you know. Yeah. I support you. I will support you with your wrong decisions, and I will also support you if you want to change your mind and make some yeah. right ones. <laughs> she was so um, good, and bless her. I'm. I hope her nan is proud. It. She was sexy. She was excellent oh, and sexy. She absolutely was. Oh. I, I loved the um the camaraderie that you got with the contestants i loved how they were yeah. they cared about each other apart from alan obviously <laughs> one of them that was an i feel bag. like that is very reminiscent of bake off because that is one of the highlights yeah. of the show is seeing the camaraderie between bakers and actually it being very nice oh community you know um the host lady whose name i've forgotten swearing oh um, yes the fu- so people didn't fuck. film 
Yeah, yeah. Mel and Sue used to actually do that. Did they? Yeah, they'd swear so they couldn't film people crying as much. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. that Alexis all really did their, their research on, on this, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I was quite... I, I did actually think, you know what? What if they aren't friends? What if this is a lie? Like just reading the book, I was just kind of like thinking about the Bake Off and I was like, oh my gosh. What if there are secret? There are always rumored secret romances or affairs going around like almost every year with the contestants. Yeah. But um, I almost... I was like, oh my gosh, what if they're not friends? What if they're like just pretending to support each other? And I was like, I can't yeah. believe that. It'll break my heart. It'll I believe in the friendship between Bake Offs people. Can we also shout out to, um, is it, what, what is her name? I want to say Susan, but I know it's not Which Susan. Which one are you talking about? The producer. Oh, oh Jennifer? Um, yeah. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, that's it. Susan, I don't know where I got that from. I don't know where I plugged that out from. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Jennifer. Jennifer, oh, I, I at first I was like, oh, she's a bit, I don't know, I was a bit wary of her, but then I just, I just loved her so much because she was like, I don't give a fuck what your drama situation is. I've got a show to I make. liked her up until the point where Harry was kicked off, at which point I was like, oh, Me too. Jennifer. Why are you doing like, this to me? Did you kind of agree with the I eliminations know. as you went on, like all the way up until Harry? Because that was kind of how Harry, I was. Yeah. So I was like, there's not a lot of drama yeah. in this yeah. elimination process. So it's like, yeah, the right person basically got eliminated each and every week, and then Harry got eliminated. I was like, <laughs> but I think that was that was supposed to yeah, be yeah. the case. Like, I think you were always supposed to support the decision yeah. of. The way yeah. people laugh. But like it lulled me into a in, full sense of security of being like, okay, I know how this is going to go. I know. I know. Nora's done. She screwed it up. And then it was Harry. And I was like, God damn you, Alexis Hall. <laughs> oh, tricked me. Damn you. <laughs> you made me so certain I knew who was going to go through that round. Harry should have the won round. the whole fucking thing. Harry was better than Rosalind. I mean, honestly, like, do we think Rosalind deserved to win? Yeah, like... No. I Honestly, like, Alan was a real shit. I don't think she deserved to win, if I'm honest. him and Nora were better bakers than Rosalind. I'm, I'm happy she won, but I don't think she deserved it. Oh, the second that Harry was out... I thought Rosalind Nora was going to win, I was if I'm honest. Furious. I, yeah. I don't know. I just... I... Actually, good question. Who did you think was going to win? When you started the book, because like well, I was Rosalind like, Rosalind or Nora? Rosalind has to. Did like, do any of you ever have moments where you actually thought, no wait, one of the other characters oh, might I, genuinely? Win. I right up until I, like I didn't think that Rosalind. Um, I, I actually yeah. don't know. I just didn't expect. I didn't think she was going to win it. If I'm honest, okay. I thought at the beginning, this is how I, this is how my process went. At the beginning, I thought, oh, maybe it's Alan and like they're kind of going to live a life together, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then realized Alan's a shit. So <laughs> then I thought, okay, well, maybe then like, um, and Vita's going to win. Then I was like, oh, she's not. Then she got kicked out and I was like, okay, so she's not going to win. 
And I thought, okay, well then Harry's got to win. Then Harry went out and I was like, well, then it's got to be Nora. And then it wasn't Nora. It was like, it was, oh, I wasn't it was sure Rosalind up until the point where Rosalind, where Harry got kicked out, where I was like, oh, now it's got to be Rosalind. I was certain she was going to win up until a few weeks in. And then I was like, wait, what if Harry wins? But like, and then there was a brief moment when I thought, actually, maybe he's going to do the unexpected thing and, and Rosalind isn't going to win the competition. And then he was gone and I was like, okay, okay, no. I'm just, sorry, no. I, no. <laughs> it's going to be her. Also, can we just like talk about the scene with um, them in the field and like <laughs> Harry and Vita and uh, Rosalind oh in a field? <laughs> <laughs> that was just so funny. Yeah. And Rosalind, uh, what was that? And Vita, she was, she was like, I can't go on TV, and my nan seeing me with shit all over me. And the um, the, what was it? The kind of mushroom? <laughs> the the seps? Yeah, yeah. Seps? Had no idea what a sep was. Got to say. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I barely know. My mushrooms, my shiitakes from my buttons. I did feel at the end, I wish I kind of got to know the contestants a bit better. Or I wish there was more interaction between them, like the contestants. And Yeah, but I do think that part of that was the point that she was making was that Rosalind wasted so much time hanging out with Alan when she could have been hanging out with the interesting people who were right there. <laughs> literally like i know you've got your needs Rosalind, but honestly then <laughs> not worth it honestly <laughs> so let's be honest Rosalind. harry is right there right there right there right there with mm. it done <laughs> double armed up on a sunday afternoon mm. it's right there was anyone else frustrated with how long it took Rosalind to remember that harry, harry was an electrician Yes. Yeah. Because the, it went, and I was like, "Okay, she's gonna call her." Several chapters passed before she called him, and I was like, "Bro, he's an electrician. You literally know an electrician." She's like, "Who's gonna fix my electricity?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, Rosalind!" But also, like, he was so sweet. He offered her a ride. He said, "It's no problem. Like, just let me know." And it was so casual. It never felt like you know there was any strings attached or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just a sweetheart through and through. He was respectful. He was there. And yeah. he's my number one guy at the moment. Oh my God. You know, I read this like literally days after I'd had a power cut. <gasps> you needed yeah. a Harry in your life. Unfortunately, mine was like a, a, a localized power cut. Mine was like the entire street and several streets in both directions oh, okay. had a power right. cut but it did give me trauma flashbacks especially because my oven is also electricity powered so okay. mm. and my heating oh dear Aww. yeah so i, mean, I, I really you, you really had to survive there it was i mean it was hours rather than days but like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god um 
how did you also feel about the structure of the book being at like an episode thing like it felt I really enjoyed I that. Like that I love that it was like episode <laughs> week by week like episode by episode almost I really enjoyed that, that way it was parceled out like that I kind of yeah and then in the ending you got the same kind of feel like you would if you watched Bake Off and you're like where are they now and like in just the short sentences and I loved it yeah Alan is running a deeply unsuccessful YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh so much. <laughs> I loved, I loved that. <laughs> I'm so happy. I was like, oh, he's gonna, he's doing YouTube, and then I was like, he only has 203 subscribers. I was like, excellent, That's excellent. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the end, his only personality was his dickattery. You know, <laughs> I thought you were gonna mm. say his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. Um, it's dickishness. Can we just talk about Fila. like Rosalind's family, family like, and friends, family, Lauren's family? family she's she's, she's Amelie's yeah. aunt. You know, we're not defining it like her parents yeah. do. Uh, so yeah, the family, because obviously that's hmm. a huge aspect of Rosalind's character is, you know, the fact that she's a single mother uh, in her late 20s but much earlier than you know nowadays a lot of people don't have kids yeah you know you might just be having your first kid if you're 27 even then i'd be like wow okay you've you've moved fast to have an eight-year-old daughter is like yeah like you know people people our age in the uk you know don't have to have kids although kylie jenner is doing all right (laughs) (laughs) obviously rosalind is not kylie jenner so I live in Ireland and one of the things that people always say to me about English people is, yeah, English people get married so early and have kids so early. And it, really? Yeah. This is this is a thing in Ireland. People are always telling me about how English people get married very early and have kids very early. What age do they get married and have children on average? I think they think that we're all getting married and having kids in like our mid to late 20s rather than early to mid 30s oh god no okay yeah maybe it's generational (laughs) no it's all right we've caught up we've caught up you're thinking about the wrong you're you're thinking about a different kind of english person yeah yeah (laughs) one with a trust fund probably (laughs) um yeah how do we feel about the parents (sighs) Um, I wasn't, do you know what? I wasn't surprised, but can I, again, I'm going to bring it up and I know Annie might mm-hmm. not necessarily agree with me, but it is true. You cannot say that they don't remind you of Lorelai Gilmore's situation. So weirdly enough, the parents were to me the thing that was sort of separated her from Lorelai Gilmore the most. Because, like, Lorelai Gilmore lived in a shed rather than rely on her parents for help and completely cut her parents out of her life. Whereas Rosalind's parents were there. Like, I felt like one of the things that Lorelai Gilmore had done that was healthy was, like, make a big break from her parents. Mm. Whereas Rosalind's parents were still around and she still, like, they almost still had her on the line, you know? They were still helping her out with her mortgage on occasion. And so... She couldn't escape from them in the way that Lorelai Gilmore did by just making a completely clean break. But I don't necessarily think that's the right thing for... I didn't think that was the right thing for Lorelai. And I didn't... I I also agreed that it it was probably not the right thing for Rosalind. Because 
you she like of course if your parents are toxic in your life then you you don't need to have them in your life but yeah that's not to say that you can't try to mend a relationship or try to work on it and it may take years Mm. because these are people who have almost had their behavior set longer than you've probably been alive so it's gonna take a long time to break those Mm. habits and to break those behaviors I think that was one of the nice things in the book is that it 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 didn't get resolved resolved but there was a conversation and almost a realization on Rosalind's mum's point of view Cordelia I think her name is where she was like you know what I'm gonna try and listen to you and like I'm gonna believe you when you tell me that I'm not listening to you Mm. and I think that was a major step forward oh no definitely and you got to take it a step at a time like every little change Mm. of behavior or even just listening and saying okay I understand that's how you feel is a win it's progress Mm. Mm. and I think that's worth more than cutting them out yeah (laughs) no I just think you're right about that okay fair enough thank you is she stalling I can't tell if Annie is like Stalling for time. I think she was like going to, like, through my point, and she was point. like, "No, no, I think there's nothing. There's nothing for me to touch up on. I think Sophie's done. I think Fee's done it this time." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell you're tired because like Fee is forgetting that she renamed herself Fee for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we missed one like week the mask is and slipping. it's chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I mean, I did like that. I also kind of like the sort of that kind of complicated dynamic that they have where like they were like pretty much generally good grandparents to Amelie but like absolutely awful parents to Rosalind and kind of yeah the, the like the dynamic that kind of added to, to like to, to Rosalind to know that like if maybe if she cut them out it might be emotionally better for her but that it would be detrimental to Amelie yeah. was kind of I just kind of like that aspect I yeah kind of enjoyed that and yeah, I was surprised, but like pleased to see like a little potential bit of growth for Cadelia, maybe. <laughs> I also love that bit, Harry, going like, "You named after a play, and like my sister's not named after a play." <laughs> like, almost just like seeing women's names based on whether they come from a play character or not. <laughs> <laughs> all names are either in Shakespeare plays or not in Shakespeare plays like you know true true yeah none of us have a Shakespeare play name no no, no. we don't but we do there have are only names. two names between the three of us so yeah that's it's not, true. not a very wide pool <laughs> <laughs> the three of us but only two names <laughs> Recurring of a name each. <laughs> oh, oh, gross. <laughs> Get your mind out of 2004's gutter. Uh, okay. I wasn't even thinking like that. <laughs> Although, why did you make the reference? I don't know. It was imprinted in my brain. <laughs> 
okay. What did you, oh, I oh, think before, so much before we wrap up, let's just say, um, I just want to ask, what did you guys think about the sex scenes? I feel like if we don't mention it, you know, what is the point? They left no impression on me. I don't think they were very memorable. <laughs> Like, I remember they happened, but I'm trying to remember any details. And I'm like, no, nah, I think they just had sex in that hotel. No, I wanted eh. to, I'm more about Harry's one. Oh, oh, uh, fuck. I still don't remember anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like, they, they were like, oh, my dog doesn't see me. Like, oh, oh, no way. I do remember that more. Sorry, my brain is tired. Yeah. I was actually kind of a nice way to end it, actually, I thought. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I, I, I chaired a two-hour meeting. My brain is allowed to be fried. <laughs> I apologize so, to listeners. I was once... Uh, <laughs> okay. It's going to take a while for uh, this to be relevant. Wait, okay? wait, wait. Okay. How long? Because we've only got three minutes left on the Zoom room. And I don't want you to be cut out mid-anecdote. Okay. Definitely not three minutes. So once I was invited to participate in like a project um, where um, university students okay. went into school went in schools and helped deliver hmm. like sex interesting ed. choice uh, it was a friend of mine who was involved in that. yeah and I said oh no I couldn't I really couldn't and she said oh did are you not you know for those things do you not think it's important and I said no I think it's very important which is why someone like me shouldn't be <laughs> delivering it and I feel the same way about this conversation in this podcast it's a very important part of the book great for it to be discussed in fact, I value it so much that I think someone, not me, should talk about it, you know? Wait, but aren't you more qualified than me to talk about it? <laughs> I wish you could see Annie's face right now. Just like the long... <laughs> Sorry. This feels like a massive problem. <laughs> the answer is okay. humanaged we... and I, I I am not so <laughs> okay <laughs> Pete, what did you want um, to say um Harry sounds like he knows what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> okay and thus ends our segment on sex may we not have another one for a little while until we figured out how we should discuss it. <laughs> it's Peter's always bringing this up. She did this with Midnight in Everwood. She was like, let's talk about the sex scene. <laughs> it was the only scene in the book that mattered. And it was like, okay, they just fucked in a wood in the snow. Am like, I the sex correspondent here then? <laughs> yes, very, very much so. <laughs> oh, I just, I can't make eye contact. <laughs> Oh, the Catholic school is strong in you. It really is. Oh, they got that in you good. So I think we've maybe chaotically kind of talked about Covered most the of the main parts points. Of we were kind of thinking of talking about. So why don't we roll on through to rating? Uh, oh. Annie, would you like to give us a brief run over of your rating system? Yeah. So very briefly, uh, the way that we rate books here on the books table. Um, is about you know basically whether we would recommend it how we would recommend it you know what we would recommend to others if they wanted to read it so we start off with a 
straight up zero, which is don't read this book, don't buy this book, don't bother with this book. So we start off with straight off one, which is don't read this yeah, book, don't I was buy like, this book, sick. don't bother with this book. <laughs> zero is don't even know this book exists. Yeah. Obliterate um, all copies of the book. That is zero. Yeah, zero is censorship. When she mentioned zero, I started counting on my fingers like, wait a second, are we one over? I was like, hang on, how does this thing pan out? And then I got to six and I was like, oh no, no shit, we are wrong. Like one, so a one is don't bother with this book. Two is it's worth getting from the library. You know, don't spend your money, but it's it's entertaining enough to read if you've got a copy there. Borrow it from someone even. Um, three is buy it in paperback. You know, it's a solid, good, enjoyable seven ninety nine read. Um, four is this book is worth buying in hardback. You know, run out, get it in hardback read it in hardback it is worth the extra expense to read it sooner um and five i always like to mention this is fees edition because this is also her kind of thing five is buy it in special edition you know buy the fancy mm. waterstone sprayed edge gilt embossed cover edition of this book bougie edition um yeah the bougie edition yeah so how are we feeling about Rosalind Palmer. Maybe paperback slash hardback. Huh. I'm somewhere on that line. I'm like, is it a, is it a, I don't know. Mm. So for me, I think it's paperback. Ooh, explain. I, think, I don't think I go back to it. I think I, I sort of, I read it, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure I would return to it. I think my favorite romance novels, and I mean, this includes, mm. um, Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Um, it's just an incredible book by the same author. You know, the reason I would say that would be worth, I'd say that's maybe even a special edition, but if it, like a hardback or a special edition for me is something that I would go back to a lot. Whereas this book, like I read it, I enjoyed it. I can't see myself going back to it. Yeah, I think see, when I immediately mm. finished, I, I thought, maybe I was at hardback but like the more I think about it and I think I think for me it's like it's good to have like time between when I finish the book and like when I try and rate it because I think if I try and like rate it right when I finished it then my brain is all like too hyped up on like you know the excitement of finish mm -hmm. but I think I'm leaning more towards paperback but in many ways yeah. I am kind of also basing that off the fact that I would say that like boyfriend material is a very solid hardback to me and this is just mm -hmm. isn't as good. And if I had to read mm. an Alexis Hall book again, I would read Boyfriend Material. Boyfriend Material is an incredible book. Like, yes. Like, so, really? I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, like, it's a good paperback. It, you know, I'm, I'm glad I read it. Um, hmm. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Definitely a fun book. I was reading it on the tube in to and from work. It's a great book for that. Turn your brain off in the morning, de-stress in the evening. Good for that. But yeah, like, would I, do I really want to, like, would I come back to it a lot? I'm not sure. Like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm landing. Mm. <laughs> I think, you know what, you've convinced me yeah. to go paperback. Mm -hmm. I'm quite generous mm. usually with my ratings, but I also, but, but also I know that I don't really reread re reread books, but I will say that 
when I read a romance book, I want my heart mm. to, like I want to swoon at yeah. least over one scene, yeah, if not more. And that book, I just didn't swoon. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel. I don't know. There was something about the character interactions or the romantic interactions which just didn't hit it for me in a romance book. So for me, this is part of the problem with the like, you know, mm-hmm. um, Bridget Jones's Diary, Pride and Prejudice, you know, fall for the wrong guy, spend a lot of time with him, discover the right guy thing. If you get the balance wrong, you spend a lot of time with a character yeah. you dislike and not enough time with a character yes. you like. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I think the reason why your Pride and Prejudice, Bridget Jones's Diary thing quite works is because halfway through the book, mm. he's gone. She spends most of the rest of the book, like, disliking the other guy, maybe, but still yeah. in his company. And a short chunk into that, he explains to her why he's a te- why the first guy is terrible. <laughs> like, I think you... It, it, it's a very that, fine balance. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this book is very much based on that trope, and I think partly yeah. that I, I'm not sure this kind of trope is entirely for me. But like, the thing is, is like I get why Elizabeth Bennet would prefer Wickham over Darcy initially. Like, I get it. I know which one is the right one, but I understand because Darcy was a mm. dick, yeah. and Wickham was you know pretty like friendly he didn't initially come off that way but in this book it's kind of I don't get that vibe I never felt like Harry was a dick and you always get the sense that Alan is so you're a bit kind of like "Mm." Mm. you're never kind of on that journey of like yeah no this is a betrayal I thought he was the a good guy but it was wrong kind of thing so like the turn isn't that better and therefore like Harry just kind of being there is a bit like awkward because he's just kind of sitting there like I'm the right guy there was no mistake about mm. me I just like maybe called you love and you didn't no. like that and then <laughs> so around. it's like for me it just like it just didn't quite <laughs> do what that formula I think it does best if that makes sense also I think for you and me especially it's suffering from the fact that we have yeah. another Alexis Hall book that we love more yeah, I, don't, I definitely know. don't think that's helping. <laughs> but I think our overall conclusion is we enjoyed it. You know, it was a yeah. good book. It was yeah, a solid yeah. paperback read and we liked it. And I also, yeah, like <laughs> I said, I think it's also about tropes. Like, I think I'm just more into the tropes in that book. I, I prefer it when books just spend a while on one relationship instead of like yeah. doing the 50 50 mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just sit and get invested in one relationship throughout an entire book. Yeah. And that's just yeah. kind of the things that I prefer to read. So this was always kind of at a slight disadvantage to me because I'm not so into the two love interest thing. Do you know what? I still haven't. I've tried to read more romance books in this month and I just haven't found one that is. Have you just not been reading the ones that I recommend or is it well, have, have you been read. reading them uh, yeah I haven't read enjoying I, ha- them. I haven't read beach read yet I have to admit but the ones <laughs> I have read so far they just haven't been hitting it for me so hopefully I'm, I'm gonna read beach read next and hopefully that'll get up, that will uh mm. have you tried books. um red white and royal blue no not yet I can lend it to you I oh, haven't yay yeah I'll I'll take it. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
yeah we were we were um update on my my shelf situation so I had a lot of books that were sitting on the floor because I had no space to put them on shelves and then I realized I don't watch dvds anymore so I got rid of all my dvds <laughs> and now I have more shelf space so I put all my books in on there and then I showed Annie and Sophie and Sophie still said I'm more I'm still gonna die by books <laughs> <laughs> Annie was proud of you though like I was proud of you I still am you. thank you yeah, and not just got... because in looking at your new organized shelves I realized that you've been buying books that I told you to yeah <laughs> I have a very good good mix of books and I also bought a new book that's just come out as a little because it's hardback so I thought I'd treat myself thing is I did all this work <laughs> wait, I, wait 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 what happened to that resolution what was the resolution a new year about hardback yeah but I also cleared out a lot of books so okay. I did I, like I I got rid of quite a lot and and donating them to the library so I thought I deserved wait you can do that I think you, yeah oh nice I didn't know that mm. <laughs> I think, well, I just asked the local one and I said, can I give you some books if you want them? And they were like, yeah, like if you, if we'll, we'll... I think they're going to choose, I, I don't know if they'll take them all, but like, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, just the thing to bear in mind when I get rid of all, like I still have a bunch of Well, I didn't think about I it. And then I just thought, you know what, what if the library wants this? And then yeah, you know, yeah. I might as well give it to the library and hopefully, you know. I just remember there's another thing that we need to do because we're kind of in rambling chit chat oh yeah sorry 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 yeah we need to announce next month's book oh yeah so next month's book yeah so normally what we do is we each bring a suggestion to the table and then we vote on it and and you know Mm. whichever one gets the most votes wins (laughs) um annie has just fled across the room Oh no, she's just gone to get her copy of the book. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> this is an audio medium. I can't remember the name of the author. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, we thought for our theme for March would be to kind of click in with one of the New Year's resolutions that we had, which was to read more debut authors. So we thought March book, spring, new things, debut author, seemed like a good idea. Uh, and then we realized that we all had a copy of Ariadne by Jennifer Saint. Did I get her name right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Which is Ariadne is her debut book. It's a uh, you know feminist retelling of myth Ariadne. So that's gonna be our book for the book club book. Of, yeah, book club book of the month. Uh for March. Um, so we hope that mm. if you're interested in that, you will read along. I'm really excited and... for this one. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm you know, I know what they say about books and covers, but the cover is gorgeous. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, so just intro left. Are, are we good? We're, the, we're wait. deeply shallow people. The cover is gorgeous. We're good. We are. But to be fair, I went on um, book shopping with a friend on the weekend and I, I was telling her about how much I love this certain cover. And she was like, no, I, I agree. I am. I do judge covers as well. And I was like, okay, everybody's <laughs> in the same boat. That's nice. We went to the big Waterstones in Piccadilly. It's like my favorite place. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that was track. a very rambling conclusion to the episode. Yeah. But we I'm got that. To... Yeah. Okay. So yeah, right. that is everything. Uh, that is the episode. Yeah. That's what it. What am I even saying? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's it for the episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you. Thank you for sticking with us. For listening yeah. to this mess. If you made it this far, <laughs> pat yeah. yourselves and, on the back. Um, we might be. Right. I was going to say we might be switching to maybe a bit of a new schedule, so it might not be weekly. So we'll either speak to you next week or the week after. Just kind of depends on yeah. when the episodes are coming at the moment. Um, but yeah, mm. it will be soon. We will speak to you soon, and thank you for listening. Uh, bye. Thank, thank you. Bye. bye.